superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Yeah. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Goats have home lives, too. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Rich Eisen. Hello, Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. Oh, that's Susie Eisen Hudson. (laughs) (laughs) The Rich Eisen Show. And now, sitting in for Rich... Here's Brian Weber. Final hour of the program. We are live. We'll do it live. No best of because there's so much to get to across the world of sports. And it means a great deal to me to have the ability to keep you company wherever you're going. Maybe you're just hanging out on a holiday. Don't have to over plan things. Oh, FOMO. I got to get out of the house. No. Just listen to the Rich Eisen Show. At least today. Certainly tomorrow, my pal Dan Schwartzman's in. I'm back with you on Wednesday. Then Danny's got you the rest of the week. Rich and the fellas enjoying a week off. They return on Monday. So the pressure is on. Only have one more hour to hopefully entertain you. Plus, I have to maintain the standard that Rich has established. Goal number one as a fill-in host, do not destroy the brand equity of the program and Says I watch every day on Peacock and listen frequently on the mightier 1090 here in Southern California as I come to you from our Regal Studios in Los Angeles. I have to be equal to not only Rich, but his crew, the fellas. My guy Del Tufo on the ones and twos. We work together at NFL Network, Brockman, TJ Jefferson. So I'm under a great deal of pressure. But I draw inspiration from the immortal Joey Chestnut. So when we wrap up the program in 40 minutes, I have detailed thoughts and analysis as to what went down earlier, about an hour ago, in Coney Island. Many of you did not see it, and I'm in the tennis business. I'm going to talk bad boys of sports in 20 minutes, motivated by the villains that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have become, along with George Steinbrenner, Al Davis, both born on the 4th of July, certainly polarizing figures, along with the bad boy of tennis now, Nick Kyrgios, winning his match today on his way to the quarterfinals. I'm in the tennis business, but I am astonished. ESPN did not at least use the good old deuce, ESPN 2. For live coverage of the hot dog eating contest, it was parked on ESPN News. So many of you probably didn't even have the ability to see in real time Joey Chestnut limping out on crutches. You talk about Willis Reed all you want to. He came out, knocked down a few jumpers, and sat down. My guy, Joey Chestnut, and I was a Nick fan growing up in the suburbs of New York City. Can't you tell? East Coast accent is out today. Chestnut, despite a ruptured tendon requiring the use of crutches and a protester. Listen to the rest of the show and then go on the Google machine to look this up because I believe TV cutaway 
Don't want to give knuckleheads any airtime. But some dude dressed like Darth Vader, apparently an animal rights activist, because I'm guessing the good people at PETA don't endorse the gluttony of the hot dog eating contest, came out, tried to disrupt the festivities, and American hero Joey Chestnut pummeled the dude. He choked him out, did it within 15 seconds, went back to annihilating and crushing all those dogs. But when we get into our detailed analysis with a preview, while Chestnut defended the coveted mustard belt, make it his 15th title, only, I say in air quotes, only came up with 63 hot dogs and buns, don't skip the buns, devoured in 10 minutes, well off the pace of 76 a year ago. And because it should be well understood by now that I clearly have no life. I'm volunteering to work on a holiday, and you'll hear me throughout this week on a variety of platforms and see me on TV because, look, I love to work, and I'm not digging ditches. I have no life. That's one of my selling points. I, last night, spent a good portion of time falling into the rabbit hole of the world of competitive eating. Did you know there is a full-time circuit This is not just a one-off. Chestnut now takes his talents elsewhere, and it's not just hot dogs. All coming up in 35 minutes. That's the power of a tease. The NBA has dominated the program, as it should. I made a business decision, though, not to do three hours exclusively of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving conversation for a few reasons. I get a sense of when the audience, like Joey Chestnut, gets a bit full— And even though the free agent frenzy of the NBA is just a few days old, technically, going back to the business end of last week, we've been talking about the future of Kyrie Irving for a long time. The will he or won't he opt in, opt out conversation. And then the bombshell that Durant wants out of Brooklyn. And the other reason that we're taking our time with this and trying to approach it rationally and efficiently is we're not close to the end. And when Rich and the guys are back on Monday, this is still going to be out there because there's no urgency for, say, the Lakers to finalize this deal with the Nets. If you believe there is more than just the army of NBA insiders stirring this up, maybe they're being manipulated by the Brooklyn Nets to try to drum up the trade market and find a different landing spot for Kyrie. My question would be, who's taking Kyrie? Sincerely, I understand he is a marvelous basketball player. But with all the baggage, and this is Louis Vuitton kind of stuff, would you really want him as a GM, as a coach? Darvin Ham can say whatever he wants to about, hey, Russell Westbrook hasn't lost a step. And that's another reason why, reminder, Lakers have a brand new coach who's not been a head coach in the NBA, that all of the Laker fanboys who are planning another championship in downtown L.A. based on the reports that Kyrie could be coming to the Lakers with Russell Westbrook going to Brooklyn. And how about that scenario? Westbrook and Ben Simmons together. I'll dust off an old movie. Throw it out there on a streaming platform this weekend. The gang that couldn't shoot straight. Crazy Joey Gallo. 
How much confidence do you have, A, Ben Simmons is going to get healthy coming back from the back surgery, B, we have no idea about where he is mentally with that fragile mindset, C, last time we saw him, he couldn't buy a bucket, and now you're putting Russell Westbrook on the same team? You better wear a hard hat if you're sitting courtside in Brooklyn. Well, that's just one other fascinating element of an NBA Bula base with all of this stuff popping up and percolating. But maybe this is the Nets playing 12-dimensional chess, trying to gin up the market, saying, okay, well, Lakers have interest. What say you, Dallas? And Dallas, to me, makes sense because certainly – with Jalen Brunson deciding to go to the Knicks, and I cannot in any way fault him for that other than it's the Knicks. And I'm talking villains in 15 minutes. I'm not even going to waste my breath. I threw out crazy Joey Gallo. How about crazy Jimmy Dolan? I used to work for the Dolan family in cable television. I will skip the stories because Jimmy has cleaned up his life to a degree. Let's just say he had a good time all the time. But that's the problem for Brunson. The Knicks are not winning anything. So long as James Dolan owns that franchise. And just look at the roster. So now you got Brunson and Julius Randle and Derrick Rose. And I think Tom Thibodeau is an excellent coach, but he wears his dudes out. Brunson did the right thing financially. He's reunited with his dad, who's an assistant coach. Go back to what he did at Villanova and wanting to get back to the East Coast. I can't fault him for that, but the Mavs have a major dilemma. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. A live holiday edition here on the 4th of July. A reminder, you can take us wherever you go on the Odyssey app. Be sure to check out the podcast. We'll post it just after the program. You can catch up on anything you might have missed. one 204 rich My Twitter handle is BWWeber, Weber with two Bs. So, Luca can certainly use a running mate, far superior to Spencer Dimwitty, but... How about Luka and Kyrie coexisting just from a basketball standpoint? Because while I love everything Luka does, and to me he's so difficult to come up with the appropriate comp for because he's got some Magic Johnson to him. He's got some Pistol Pete Maravich to him. He is just a transcendent, wonderfully skilled player. He dominates the ball. Everything goes through Luka. Isn't Kyrie going to want his touches? The usage rate, if you want to get into metrics. So I don't know, other than the Lakers, where Kyrie would be going and who else would have interest. And the Laker motivation comes down to LeBron being willing to be the big brother once more. Remember, according to reports, it was Kyrie who wanted out after they came up with that remarkable comeback. Down three games to one in part because Draymond Green... Got suspended because he can't control his emotions. More to the point, he can't stop kicking people. And everyone forgets that Andrew Bogut was hurt for the Warriors as well, but that does not minimize that phenomenal comeback. And I'm well aware of what Kyrie meant in Game 7. Hugely important as the Cavs stunned the Warriors. But after that, tell me a decision that he has made that has made sense. And I'm not even getting into the flat earth stuff. And we'll leave the vaccination status out of it today because it's a holiday and I want to keep things light. Although, this is not political. This is an observation based on someone who pays attention. 
who has a rational mind, who lives in Los Angeles County. If you're not aware of what's going on in Southern California, what do you know? COVID cases are going up. People, I think, have been more relaxed. However you want to view it, it's a virus. The virus is going to virus. What do you think is going to happen after this holiday week? More people getting together, et cetera, et cetera. The leading public health official in L.A. County is already foreshadowing more stringent restrictions being reinstated. What's to say a vaccine mandate doesn't return to crypto.com, whatever they're calling what used to be Staples Center? Doesn't Kyrie face a dilemma if he comes to Los Angeles with our stringent COVID protocols? Isn't there a chance that he has the exact same problem he had in New York City? This is me postulating and trying to figure out in real time just one other thing to think about. And then there's the basketball fit. Certainly, he would be an upgrade over Russell Westbrook. And if I can self-report, you're never supposed to admit, especially as a fill-in hack, that you were wrong. But the old Twitter machine doesn't lie. As the kids say, there are receipts. I could not have been more wrong in my analysis of Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. I believe I said things like, what a great fit. I was misguided in thinking that he might be willing to come off the bench, but that was me giving a egomaniac, and it takes one to know one, the benefit of a doubt. I did not think that he would fall apart as much as he did last year, and we saw it in real time, and it was tough to watch. And Westbrook is a proud person. Tired of being called West Brick, it's juvenile, but it does seem appropriate. And when it goes, it's hard to get it back. So, yes, strictly from the standpoint of X's and O's, Kyrie Irving would be a positive addition to the Lakers. Now, the problem is, because they have all this dough that's going to be locked up in whatever their quote-unquote big three is going to be. Remember, Russ opted in. For 40 plus million, Kyrie's going to want a contract extension. That leaves the Lakers very shaky on the margins, with no margin for error, knowing that LeBron, after being a cyborg, the guy was superhuman throughout the majority of his career, will finally tick, 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 tick. Here comes Father Time, breaking down more frequently. If I can just, again, play psychologist on the radio, I think LeBron also, once he won that championship, you can hang an asterisk on it all you want to in the bubble. Still counts. Another banner for the Lakers to stare up in the rafters and appreciate he had achieved his goal. Anything beyond the title they won in Orlando is a bonus. And clearly... LeBron is just as consumed with his business pursuits, all of them. Is there any project he's not involved with? My goodness, I got to get my semblance of an agent to get Rich Paul on the phone. LeBron is very good at making money, and I'm not trying to claim he's not committed. He's still all in. You see the videos of him looking like he's in terrific shape working out with Kevin Love, but at this stage of his career... He's more apt to take a game off here and there. Remember, LeBron never did that. And I give him the world of credit. No load management for the king. Believing the traditional notion that if I go to Denver, or let's pick a spot that he goes to once a year. If I'm going to Indiana and some kid pleaded with mom and dad to spend big money to see me, I owe them 
to show up. And I admire that because we're seeing less and less of that in professional sports. But with a aging LeBron and unfortunately a injury prone on being nice for Anthony Davis, let's just tell it like it is. He cannot stay healthy. And it's terrible. And, and you might have seen Kevin Garnett call him out saying, we talked about you and I covered Anthony Davis, the final four in New Orleans. And remember, he grew late. He was a guard in high school. That's why he can handle when healthy. Conventional wisdom said he was going to win multiple MVP awards as an individual. Just can't stay healthy. So I don't know how the arrival of Kyrie Irving changes those facts, which you can't debate over. LeBron's older, and AD, Anthony Davis, is always hurt. And then there's the Kyrie knucklehead factor. And let me ask you this. If he's rewarded with a contract extension, and you have to lock him up just to make sure he has the possibility of being happy, do you think he's going to be more or less erratic? He'll be on his best behavior, although I haven't seen that in a long time, but human nature says he'll do the right things to get paid. And then he'll be Kyrie again because he just strikes me as someone who enjoys being a contrarian. I'm not going to take cheap shots. I don't know if he has mental illness. I don't know what's going on with him. I am not qualified to come up with analysis, nor would that be appropriate. But I can say he's flaky and just strikes most reasonable people as a strange dude. That's why Kevin Durant doesn't want to deal with him anymore. And who looks like the genius here? James Harden, because he sniffed that out quickly. James Harden is good at a few things. Eating, well, he's working on that. Hanging out at the club and recognizing situations he does not want to be a part of. Get me out of Houston. Now get me out of Brooklyn. I think it's going to work to a degree in Philadelphia, not because of Harden, but because of his flexibility financially. So here's Durant. And where is he going? I don't know. Where do I want him to go? Just from a basketball standpoint, I'd love to see him go to Miami because I think the East needs more star power. I don't want to see Durant gravitate back towards the West. Durant staying in the East now gives us a Miami team that almost beat Boston. My goodness, I filled in for Rich on Memorial Day. I'm working the night before. Coming up with, all right, Boston looks like it's a done deal. They're going to the NBA Finals, and they nearly gave the game away. 11-2 run late in the game by Miami. Butler made the decision. I don't think it was the right decision, but he knew he was spent. Goes for three in the win. You know the rest of the story. Let's say it's Butler to Brooklyn. You still have Durant, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, sixth man of the year in the NBA, who wants to be a starter. You force... Lowry to get in better shape. You still have pieces like Victor Oladipo. I think Udonis Haslam's going to play until he's 140 years old. I would have the Miami Heat second only to the Bucks ahead of the Celtics right there with the Sixers, making the Eastern Conference much more fascinating. But if you're going to summarize things, even if Durant goes to Phoenix, Warriors are a superior team, and I just don't want to entertain the notion because I think we'd all, not all of us, but I think even a lot of Warrior fans, the majority of basketball fans would say, come on, Durant going back to the Warriors, and I understand the logic. Warriors have the best potential package to offer. You can talk about Poole, Wiggins, Kaminga, Wiseman, all the picks. 
But I don't think, and I'm speaking as someone who spent a lot of time working in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I used to be a broadcast team member of the Golden State Warriors, I think the majority of Warrior fans would say thanks, no thanks. Certainly the Big Three would welcome him back because that just guarantees them even more titles. Can you believe that Durant would be happy in that situation with his sensitivity? I I just don't think anybody wants to see it. Here is the positive. We're going to have plenty of time to run through all of the combinations because this thing ain't close to done. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. 1-844-204-RICH is the number to call. Conversation never stops on Twitter. That's B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. In 20 minutes, we focus on an American hero, Joey Chestnut. But do you want to talk about inhaling oysters? How about burritos? Going to take you inside the world of competitive eating. Straight ahead, we'll use Kyrie and Katie as a catalyst talking villains. Because the 4th of July has been connected to Wimbledon for decades. you got a bad boy in tennis, Nick Kyrgios, out there like he was Johnny Mack years ago. Does sports need more villains? Is it better to have folks to root against? Does it give you more passion and energy for what we all love? Ryan Weber in for Rich. It's the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side, helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. As we power our way through the final hour of the program, thank you for spending part of your Independence Day with us. Hope you 
Take time to enjoy yourself, however that may be, if you're working. I understand. Now, I'm not really working. I think the best part of what I've been able to do for career is I probably would be having a conversation like this at some place, and there's actual compensation, although it really has been an expanded internship over the years, working towards that college degree I wasn't able to finalize many decades ago. Jot the number down. Dan Schwartzman, open your calls tomorrow. I'm back with you on Wednesday. 844-204-RICH. You can hit me up on Twitter for the remainder of the program or after the show. It's B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs in 15 minutes. We wrap it up with the same ferocity and gusto displayed by Joey Chestnut winning another mustard belt. Yeah, he didn't set another record, but he did it despite having to come out to the stage yesterday for the press conference on crutches. My man, less than 100% will give you the details. And you didn't see on ESPN because the director was wise enough, and I'm sure the producer got heavily involved. They cut away when a protester came out. Another person not thrilled with the vast resources of processed food that were consumed in New York City. So somebody connected to the animal rights movement came out. Chestnut. As he was still eating the hot dogs and the buns, just did a quick number on this dude, pushed him off the stage. We'll talk about the exciting world of competitive eating coming up. Now, that guy, the protester, was a villain. In fact, as I did more research and I alluded to a couple minutes ago, he came out in a Darth Vader outfit. You talk about the dark side. Protesting the Coney Island hot dog eating contest. What would Yoda say about that? These are not the droids you're looking for. So as I was thinking about the program today, and I knew that we were going to spend the majority of our time together talking about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, both, to me, seem very comfortable with being, quote-unquote, the villain in a sports context. And as somebody who embraces sports history and likes statistical oddities, I don't read you my tax return on the year. You already have that information. It's floating around on the internet, but I don't do numbers-driven talk radio, but I remember certain facts, and I've known for a long time, especially because when I was a kid, Dave Rigetti threw a no-hitter for the New York Yankees, 1983, if memory serves. That was George Steinbrenner's birthday, and they kept talking about it on the broadcast. The immortal scooter, Phil Rizzuto. Hey, happy birthday, George Steinbrenner. And since I spent a few years covering the Oakland Raiders, the second time they were in the Bay Area, as a TV reporter on a daily basis, I was aware that Al Davis was born on the 4th of July. I'm sure I did that feature story on a slow Independence Day 20 years ago when I was doing local TV in San Francisco. So put it all together, KD and Kyrie embrace the resentment out there, it seems. To use the professional wrestling vernacular, they have no problem being a heel. George Steinbrenner, Al Davis, certainly relished being polarizing. And then, I'm not going to force you to be aware of Wimbledon. I've been lucky to be a part of Tennis Channel's broadcast team since 2003. I've been going to the U.S. Open since 1977. I love tennis. Big part of what I do when I'm not on the radio. In part because we also play tennis 11 months of the year. 
when you work every day, you might be able to pay the rent in Southern California. But there's a name you should be aware of because he is reminiscent of the personalities, the brash, quote-unquote, bad boys of tennis years ago. When I grew up, you had guys like Jan Tiriak, Ilya Nastasi, John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors. Well, Nick Kyrgios from Australia is a tremendously talented player, but he has been also the most unpredictable player on tour. There are days when it's clear he just does not want to be on the court, doesn't try. There are days when he goes out and clearly is in a bad mood and his focus is yelling at the chair umpire. And there are days when he wants to play and he can beat anybody in the world, including head-to-head victories over Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer and the other immortals. Well, it's been a nice run at Wimbledon and it continues as Kyrgios was able to win today, beating a talented young American player and Brandon Nakashima. So here's Kyrgios in the quarterfinals of Wimbledon and the disparity there is stark because Wimbledon is all about tradition strawberries and cream got to wear the white outfits look at the royal box can you imagine the royal box having to endure I don't think necessarily he'd do it in a championship match but with curious who knows and by his own admission he has been transparent that he has dealt with some psychological dilemmas he is the most enigmatic player in tennis and one of the strangest cats in all professional sports but he's another guy who does not mind being a villain so got me thinking in an era in which now athletes can make as much money away from sports as they can on the field on the court whatever their pursuit may be is it a good business decision to be the bad boy, to embrace being a villain. Because back to my youth, Pete Rose was not going to make a lot more money. And yeah, he had the Aqua Velva commercial. (laughs) We're talking Pete. He probably needed the cash to fund his lifestyle. We know that Pete liked to play the ponies and other things. But Pete was a bad boy because that was who he was. Charlie Hustle was not a compliment. He was mocked by the veterans for sprinting down the first base. And he seemed to relish in ending the career effectively of Ray Fossey, taking him out at the plate in an exhibition game, all-star game. And Ray was never the same. And we lost Ray. And I worked with Ray when he was a member of the Oakland A's broadcast team. He would talk about it, but how would it feel to be a promising young catcher, get your shoulder blown out in a exhibition by Pete Rose and Pete really never apologized. Well, that strikes me as being more of a bad dude than a villain or a bad boy. Reggie Jackson, Reginald Martinez Jackson, embraced the quote-unquote hate. He lived to be booed on the road, and then he'd stick it to you by going deep twice. And he'd take out your girlfriend as well because he was just that cool. So as we go from, and I don't want to do nostalgic radio, We know that nostalgia, as we learned on The Sopranos, is the lowest form of conversation. But it just strikes me, with all the money out there now in social media and other ways that athletes can monetize their brand, isn't it a good business decision to try to embrace the dark side to a degree? Because love me or hate me, just know who I am. And you don't have to be 
Mr. Likeable. You don't have to go to the Rotary Club. I'm sure Kevin Durant does marvelous things when it comes to charity. I know Kyrie Irving is very involved with the community. But the need to be universally loved seems to have gone away. That was the difference with the villains. They stood out because everybody else was focused on, quote-unquote, having a commercial brand that you could go to Madison Avenue and come up with a way to make a few bucks selling soap. So where are we now in terms of real villains? I was thinking about this driving into the studio today. Dan Snyder is a villain, but he just strikes me as, beyond even that, just a truly bad individual. And what's taking the league so long to strip him of his control of the Washington football team? And don't tell me that quote-unquote suspension had any validity when his wife is running the team. So when they're on their super yacht in the south of France, that previous engagement that kept him from showing up on Capitol Hill and poor Roger Goodell earning his 50 million bucks via Zoom, taking all those slings and arrows, the league has to arrive at a point. Well, they don't have to do anything because they control the most powerful brand in sports. But if they had end any semblance of caring about perception, how in the world can Dan Snyder still own that team? But as I said, he moves into a different realm. If we're just talking straight villains, let's go with Bill Belichick. And and it's connected to what went down at the hot dog eating contest in Coney Island when the protester who jumped up onto the stage and was wrestled away by Joey Chestnut was dressed as Darth Vader. That's Belichick, right? (laughs) With the hoodie and the mumbling at the press conferences. But don't you know you'd take him in a minute if he was available to coach your team. Since I was talking baseball villains, Pete Rose and Reggie Jackson. I think Bryce Harper, I know he's hurt, but he seems to embrace the role of being polarizing. Anybody who can come up with a gem like, that's a clown question, bro, is good in my book. I throw out the name of Trevor Bauer. He was a contrarian in the past. He just seems like a repulsive human being, so let's keep it moving. And since we're talking basketball, Kyrie and KD embracing your criticisms, especially Durant. He'll go back and forth with you on Twitter, even if you have an egg as an avatar and 17 followers. Draymond Green's got to be the best villain in all of sports now, right? I know he's beloved in the Bay Area. He could run for mayor in San Francisco and win. But around the league, he's effectively despised. Now, Chris Paul is an NBA villain. With all the shots that he has taken over the years towards the nether regions, I'll be kind on a holiday, of the opposition and flopping and whining. But he won't embrace that role because he's trying to sell you insurance. He loves the commercial dough out there. Draymond is a classic villain because he revels in it. Listen to his podcast. That guy keeps it 100 plus. And the podcast is terrific. But I I think as we wrap it up, we need villains because there's got to be a degree of balance. If everybody shows up and says, as we learned in Bull Durham, Kevin Cosner trying to impart the lessons to a young Tim Robbins. Well, the good Lord willing, we'll have a good day, and I just take it one game at a time. What would we be talking about? Villains move the needle. 
I've mentioned as a kid, I don't watch the current product, but I love professional wrestling when I was 9, 12, even 15 years old. Who was better than Ric Flair? Dirtiest player in the game. I can't believe Rick is going to get back in the ring at the age of 73 despite all of his health concerns. I know he owes a lot of people a lot of money, and I hope he just goes out there and struts a little bit. If he has any physical contact, this could be a major issue. But as sports gets bigger and bigger, remember there's a lot of ways to make a buck, and embracing your inner villain can be a good way to get paid as well. I am Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. Final segment coming up. I talked about the protester trying to wreak havoc in Coney Island. Joey Chestnut would not be deterred because he's an American hero. In addition to having to wrestle that knucklehead away, Chestnut had a ruptured tendon to deal with. So, since nothing says independence like scarfing down hot dogs at Coney Island, we'll expand our focus. How about inhaling buffalo wings, tamales? We're taking you inside the world of competitive eating, something, of course, I know nothing about because I am the Jack LaLanne of all fill-in hosts. I'm Brian Weber. We appreciate your company on the 4th of July. In for Rich Eisen, it's The Rich Eisen Show. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Weber in for Rich Eisen, July 4th edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Final segment. We are winding down. That means my good friend Dan Schwartzman is warming up. Dan with you tomorrow. I'm back on Wednesday. And Rich and the fellas return on Monday. one 204 rich is the phone number. We'll continue our conversation on Twitter after the program. That's B.W. Weber. Weber with two B's. I suspect, as a veteran of filling in during this week on the radio for several years, that when I'm back on Wednesday, we will still be on Kevin Durant. Watch, 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 watch. And Kyrie Irving will still be available, and we'll still have plenty of rumor and innuendo about where they're both going, all the speculation about Kyrie to the Lakers. So... I'll make sure that I spend the intervening hours trying to be creative and come up with other perspectives. But I did my best to 
make sure that we meandered around. Want to thank our guests with Joey Chestnut and hot dog eating thoughts coming up. Whenever I'm in the chair, will not overwhelm you with outside voices because I'm just that fascinating. Plus, it's July 4th. I didn't want to bug too many friends, but I appreciate the availability and the insights of our two guests today. Hour number one had a terrific baseball conversation with Keith Law of The Athletic. Last hour talked about Live Golf making their debut here in the United States over the weekend in Portland. Got you set for Tiger Woods returning next week at the Open Championship at St. Andrews with my good friend Robert Lucetich, the noted golf writer. Let's talk about the event that captivates the attention of Many of you out there, because I think we can all identify with certain things in life. You and I will never dunk a basketball, and I'm six feet tall. I think I'm the one guy in sports media is not 5'4", if I can be more self-promotional. That's probably why I have the back issues with my strapping physique. Although, talking about the pursuit of dunking a basketball, if you're a certain age, do you remember the shoes you could buy in the back of, say, Street and Smith, the college football preview or an NBA magazine that were supposed to develop your calves so you could get two or three more inches on your vertical leap. I bought those shoes. Maybe that's when I first tore my Achilles and my glutes. But I will never dunk a basketball. I will never hit a home run. I could probably eat a fair share of hot dogs if we're talking shrimp cocktails. With the tails, I'll put my prowess up against anybody. And you throw in as much horseradish in that cocktail sauce as you want. I'm talking about our love of eating. Because what says independence? What reflects the American sensibility more than stuffing your face? So that's why the hot dog eating contest, which has been around for a long time, Keeps getting bigger and bigger. And a lot of this hinges on an American hero and Joey Chestnut. Now, I realize it's not the same as the pea competition when Kobayashi came along. But just like in boxing, when we wait for these super fights and they don't happen, I think we're never going to see Kobayashi and Chestnut again. Never seen ever. Maybe the Saudis will come up with their own competition and throw millions of dollars at the competitive eating circuit. But if you did not see it, and I'm venturing to guess many of you didn't because it was not on ESPN nor ESPN2. Strange content decision there. I realize they have obligations to Wimbledon. I told you I'm in the tennis business, so I'm not second-guessing the move. But given the popularity of the hot dog eating contest, which will be replayed later today on Big ESPN, if you want to see it live... It was relegated to ESPN News. There was a degree of healthy speculation about the ability of Joey Chestnut to get it done again because yesterday we had the bombshell. Oh, what a bombshell. Here comes Greg the Hammer Valentine that the reigning champ going after his 15th title was dealing with physical ailments, ruptured tendon hobbling around on crutches and rocking a leg cast. Now, you would say, though, in fairness, how does that impact his guts? You're right, but it's all 
interconnected, as I'm learning with the sciatica. I'm not that fat. I shouldn't be lipping around like Orson Welles. But once you get your frame out of sync, it's hard to get it back. And one other obstacle the great Joey Chestnut had overcome today. And this just fell in my lap. Sometimes you get lucky. Because I was going to talk about the competition to have some fun at the end of the program. A fella dressed like Darth Vader invaded the stage at Coney Island. A protester, apparently part of the animal rights movement, not thrilled with the gluttony. And here came Chestnut. you got to find the video. It's available out there on the internet because ESPN cut away. Chestnut, mid-bite, maintaining his focus, effectively choked this dude out. So Chestnut's eating the hot dogs and the buns. Don't forget about the buns. That's a key element. In mid-bite, has the awareness, the peripheral vision to see Darth Vader coming his way. I just love painting this word picture. Broadcasting is the best. And annihilates this dude, takes care of him, pushes him aside, and gets back to his pile of dogs. Now, unfortunately, no record today. 76 with the mark he set last year, shattering his previous high. Every year, there's been incremental growth. Had to settle for 63 dogs and buns, but won yet another mustard belt, making 15 championships for the GOAT. But I have good news for you. If you missed it live, as mentioned, there'll be a replay. And if you want to see more of competitive eating, and don't tell me, It's not a sport, because I looked up the definition of a sport. We had help from Mr. Dictionary this morning. I printed it out. Quote, an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another for entertainment. Do I have to break that down word by word? Are you not entertained by Joey Chestnut? How much physical exertion do you think there is? And scarfing down 63 hot dogs and the buns. But wait, there's more. Were you aware that something exists known as Major League Eating? I am not making it up. It's a competitive circuit. And given all of the different things I have done in my career, we're talking about mercenaries and golf with Robert Lucetich, might apply to yours truly. I have called... Just about every Olympic sport you can think of, water polo, sure. I've called mixed martial arts. I've called horse jumping. I've called arm wrestling for Fox Sports Net. I got a crew cut because the promoter thought I was too suburban to do the gig. Okay, so I've done it all. I need to fire my agent. Where's Jerry to help me out with this one? Major League Eating is a year-round competition. Let me give you some of the highlights in our remaining moments. Coming up, these are sanctioned events. The World Pretzel Eating Championships. As we learn on Seinfeld, these pretzels are making me thirsty. The Oyster Eating World Championship. The Pepperoni Roll. Let me see your Pepperoni Roll Eating Championship. Strawberry Shortcake, and now I'm getting sick to my stomach. It continues. The Tamale Eating Championship. Rib-eating championship, not the McRib. If you heard me during the holidays, I have an issue with McRibs. The marketing is brilliant. Remember, 
Scarcity motivates people. If you don't think it's going to be there tomorrow, you grab it today. McRibs are only around for a limited time. I put them away like Joey Chestnut did today. So, if you feel badly about your physical condition, and I'm not endorsing obesity, we have a lot of issues in this country. However, why not turn a negative into a positive? If you enjoy eating and you want to try to make a few bucks, take your talent to Major League Eating and try to avoid Darth Vader on the podium. That'll wrap up another entertaining edition of The Rich Eisen Show. Hope you had as much fun as I did. As mentioned, I'm back on Wednesday, and I won't have the frivolity of hot dogs to focus on, so much more Durant, Irving, the latest on NBA moves. Plus, you have Summer League going on. That's always a catalyst for conversation across the association. I want to thank Rich for letting me fill in again. All the great people at Westwood One, led by Bruce Gilbert, our technical producer, Art Martinez. My friend Dan Schwartzman is here tomorrow. I'm back with you on Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. It's the Rich Eisen Show.